<laughs> I'm already so worried. <laughs> he said that whoever started the universe or whatever, if it's God or whatever, original source energy, he spoke these two words, I am. But I guess, but I didn't hear about the bush part. Yeah, I, I think it's, really, um, I never read the be Bible. still and know that I am, is what God said to Moses when he was in the bush, because he was afraid and he was turning away. I was never good at, um, I was never good at reading the Bible in Sunday school. I was unfortunately really into it. Really? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was an altar oh, server. Yeah, I was like, that little tab to make the loose all about it. No, I keep getting ads that are like, I'm pronating. And I think, I think it's like, just like when your feet turn out in a different way when you run or whatever. And I'm like, don't worry about it. I don't run anywhere. <laughs> this is not, this target is not working on me. Oh, so you don't get these kind of manifestation ads? No. No, not right now. Um, also, my... Um, TikTok algorithm is a lot of people telling me that everybody's waking up right now. <laughs> Especially in the Western world. In the West, they say a lot of people are waking up right wow, now. Wow, a lot of people just came online. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a lot of people just got activated. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people are out here. <laughs> the programming is engaged, and they don't know what to do, but you're going to want to hit that follow button so you get all the instructions. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, for sure, definitely. <laughs> and there's a couple new TikTokers that are working on books that I'd oh, like to good. buy. <laughs> Excellent. That's good. That's, I don't know where yeah. these people learn all this stuff. Well, psychic downloads, right? Like, this is straight from the source, most likely. I feel like it's just osmosis or whatever. Mm -hmm. That is so true. <laughs> wow, that is so, so true. Elizabeth, do you have yeah. any suggestions for Alex to, like, to be able to discern what's true and what's, what's not, true, what's not in the world. That's a really good question. Because um, <laughs> I'm not worried about it. <laughs> yeah. I know. Everything so, that I see says truth. Right. And then they're like, and also everything that you've seen before this was a lie. So you're going to have to do that mental math to figure out what is truth and what is lies. Um, that's a good question. I was thinking about my, so my psychic friends, that we did all the ghost tours with Dan and Kat. They oh. have a podcast also, and I've mm. listened to a little bit of theirs, but they were talking a lot about finding your true will. Mm -hmm. um, and they were saying that there's a lot of different ways that you can discover your true will. Um, and one of those ways is through dream divination. And so you like just go to bed being like, what is my true will? What is my true will? What is my true will? Oh. Um, and then you're supposed to dream about like what your your true will is, which is also like a very loaded term, and it is like Crowleyan of being like it's not just your purpose in life, but it's also mm -hmm. like your deepest desire and your purpose combined. Wow! And it's supposed to be very powerful. So I tried it. Really? And I used I have a dream pillow that I got from my herbalist. 
What? And you have an herbalist? Well, you have they're a not. Pillow? <laughs> <laughs> they're not my herbalist. I, it's just one herbalist that I'm brand loyal to who's local to Baltimore. Um, and she was selling dream pillows at one point. I was like, hell yeah, What's let me get a dream pillow? pillow. It's got herbs in it that's supposed to help you dream more. Oh my God, that's So cool. I did that. And then all I can remember from the dream that I had was that I had a tiny orange cat and its name was Sweet Potato. <laughs> oh my God. So I have a feeling that once we get a tiny orange cat named Sweet Potato, things are going to get really different. <laughs> They're really going to change. Oh my gosh. Um, so that's one thing that you could do in terms of doing some discernment. I want to um, try that. Yeah, you should try it out. Because I heard that manifesting, the best time to manifest is right before and after sleeping. Mm-hmm. When you're still c- close to that hypnagogic state or something. Yeah. So maybe there's something to that if you're like telling yourself, like, what do you say again? What is my true will? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Thinking about your true will. Or I like, would say generally also if things are getting too silly, you yeah. should have kind of maybe an internal <laughs> check that's like, is this too silly? <laughs> What's going on with this? Is this, yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah, I think when I was diving into stuff like mm-hmm. this, I was, like, open, but I was, I still felt a little bit of, like, discernment. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. I just have a feeling that this person okay. is not lying to me or whatever. So kind of following more, like, intuitive mm-hmm. yeah. signals from yourself. Yeah, what resonates with me, I guess. Yeah. But I, I always open that it could, this could not be true. This could be false. But yeah. I'm like reading it from the person who's mm-hmm. bringing it up. That okay, so that's a really thing. interesting kind of method to to think about that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things that I struggle with is like being able to read that within yourself as well of like that level of trust that you're like I will, I will know and I will respond accordingly um well alex thinks he'll know if jesus comes back or not or i'm it's nervous you're like I'm, I'm pretty sure i'll get a feeling <laughs> yeah that's i'm counting on the feeling yeah because <laughs> how am i gonna know if it's all a ruse or not but jesus said i will know <laughs> <laughs> you're like look he told me mood now so but that's also what's supposed to happen with the antichrist right it's like being like that's gonna be the one that's the um, comes and purports to be like the true savior, but is like actually not. I know. How are you gonna I know? I know you're watching the Omen. How are you <laughs> you know? Know? What could happen? Um, um, well, speaking of trusting yourself and mm-hmm. trying to figure out that like mind body connection mm-hmm. or trust. Oh my god, Eddie. Eddie's trying to talk on the podcast. Yeah. Um, someone said that there is like a technique to, to either trigger lucid dreaming or astral projection Mm. is to just like be thinking about it all day and like researching it all day and like right before bed just telling yourself like i will astral project tonight or like i will lucid dream tonight kind of like what you're saying like if you're repeating Mm -hmm. something right before bed like you might dream about it um and then they also said another way to start trusting your body is to not set an alarm and like that scares me too much i don't think i could test that on a work day but if you if you get into a, a trusting thing with your oh my god Eddie, um, I'll go play with him in a second. If you if your body gets into this trusting space with like having an, your internal clock and like you get to know it really really well, mm-hmm. then like you can tell your body to do other things. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. 
Have you guys ever heard of Emil Coué? Emil Coué, no. No. He's like a, a psychologist in the 1800s. Okay. He developed like... When they were of, like learning what psychology was and yeah. what it's not, yeah. I guess he was a hypnotist too. Mm-hmm. Um, but his thing was kind of like positive af- affirmation kind of stuff. Um, but his phrase that he would give people was... Like I guess he would maybe heal people on stage, like that kind of thing. Ooh, where that's would exciting. Be like, and he would say... I think he would say he's not healing the person. It's only if it's psychosomatic, the thing, okay. the thing that was troubling them. But in the in those instances, he would do yeah. that on stage. But his thing was, day by day, in every way, I am getting better and better. That was the thing that he said. Nice. You I feel say. like I've heard that phrase before. Yeah, apparently the Beatles like were influenced mm-hmm. by that. That's why they said it's getting better. You know what I think that. Um is clicking in my mind is that i think that the they used the opposite of that in the muppets christmas carol mm. and they were like every day and every way scrooge is getting worse but yeah, yeah. I, think, huh. I guess maybe that's a reference to it but in like a a twist yeah mm-hmm. that's interesting that was like along yeah. the same lines of these new age people about manifestation yeah well, and I was thinking, too, about, like, I, um, in, like, last year from, like, the middle of the summer to December, I was taking a bunch of psychology courses, because um, I was thinking about trying to get a master's in art therapy, and then I'm just chilling right now, but one of the things that we had to learn about was, um, I took abnormal psychology, and I really liked it, and now I'm trying to th- conversion disorder is what i'm thinking about which is a thing where you're like something's wrong with you mentally and it manifests in physical symptoms and you don't have control over your body but it's not there's no physical cause of it Hmm. so sometimes it's like a reaction to like trauma or other things and sometimes people are like i don't know because i don't really remember anything that bad happening or it can be like a manifestation of your extreme anxiety or something else related to a um stimulus like maybe you're really worried about something coming up and then all of a sudden you're like and now i can't walk oh my god but your muscles don't atrophy or anything like that so like Hmm. they're fine but you just can't make yourself do anything or you have like convulsions there's like a lot of different things that could happen to you but you just don't have control over it so i wonder if that if he was like working with people that did have that and that it helped yeah but yeah i don't know that's interesting so mm-hmm. that is like psychosomatic issues mm-hmm. and specifically where they don't they the person wouldn't know obviously yeah but... the person doesn't feel like they have any control over what is going on with their body um and they don't feel like like it's not a thing like they're like i'm doing this because i don't want to go to school <laughs> like they, <can't, laughs> they feel like they can't do it and some people there's a lot of theories about like the Salem witch trials, but some people think it was conversion disorder as well. Was like the different like curses or afflictions that the girls had was just like conversion disorder related to having to live in a pretty oppressive and not fun society to hmm. be a part mm-hmm. of. Did um, Did you guys hear about the thing about the um, that stuff called like? Um, ergot oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. that thing about like Salem, oh. that that might have been that yeah play. the fungus on the corn or whatever right. yeah yeah definitely heard that as a theory um my understanding is that like the 
I don't know, the trials took a long time too, right? So it's possible that like some people were afflicted with it, but by the time they got through the trial, like the ergot would have been out of their system or whatever. So, uh, but then you get into like, what hmm. what was the whole deal with it? And people just got, you know, really whipped up and excited about it. But yeah, that's been like a theory for a bunch of things, but I think you also get really, really sick too. Hmm. But I think that's hmm. what like LSD was synthesized out of originally. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I heard that it was like the stuff at the Temple of Elysus or whatever. Oh, yeah, like the Elysian kind of things with that. And there were definitely like different things going on with like in ancient Greece, probably people using different mind-altering substances. And then you have like the Eleusinian mysteries, Mm -hmm. which are like in, I don't know, I watched an uh, a lecture about it <laughs> the person was like and here we can see this and we don't nobody really knows because it's a mystery but also they um, they have like a lot of like frescoes and things that kind of depict parts of the ceremony so they can like kind of cobble together what they think it was basically about but it was mostly about the myth of Persephone hmm. and that kind of stuff and that idea of like dying and being reborn or traversing to hell and returning mm. So it's probably like an initiatory kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. They take you in a room through some right. cloth. Yeah, and, and maybe you eat something, yeah. and then you go through this, like, pantomime to, like, act out all of the parts of it, which is also, I think, that's part of what happens with the, the Freemason stuff, too. It's like you... Putting on costumes and acting things out, mm. it's like a common ritual practice and a lot of people are like it is very powerful and it does really work and if you want to i don't know yeah sometimes i think some of that boy scout stuff that they had us do was sort of like similar to freemasonry stuff it is the ceremonies and the costume in the class that i failed (laughs) (laughs) really yeah yeah really they talked about boy scouts in that class too yeah because they were talking about also like the formation of an american male identity and being like people being worried that the boys in america were getting too soft like a sure oh. um the boys in america were getting too soft so they had to make them into scouts and train them how to be like manly boys because um, they made us do an ordeal also where yeah. you have to like have this like horrible sleeping conditions for two mm-hmm. nights and like mm. hike a crazy thing with no water i don't know it was like a weird yeah. thing yeah it, yeah that's kind of like those uh the vision trips that people mm-hmm. go on right vision yeah quests yeah I mean, I feel like, yes, but also a little bit different, too, because, like, I think uh, the Boy Scouts are really coming from, like, a Western male tradition of what happens in, like, a secret society or a fraternity, Um, and most of the time it's like, oh, if you let boys be in charge of boys they're gonna make the other boys (laughs) do some messed up stuff or suffer in some kind of a way. do you think Boy Scouts is getting people prepared for Freemasonry? I don't know. So that's part of the thing, too, is that a lot of it is really involved in elitism. So essentially, my understanding, again, this is from a class that I, like, straight up not even got a D, like, totally <laughs> failed. It was I was having a tough time at that point in college. But um, my understanding is that, like, originally the Freemasons were just, like, a union of masons who built stuff 
so that was a guild like you would have different guilds of workers in the middle middle ages in the medieval era Mm -hmm. um and then i guess the the masons were looking really cool and it got to a point where rich guys were like okay but what if i'm not a mason what if i could just pay you enough money and i can be part of your group and they were like sure sounds great and then that's really where things started to like build up to now we need our own temple or our own lodge or our own other stuff and then Hmm. the mythology came after that but it was like like most fraternities a way for people to be like i'm (laughs) i'm rich bitch like (laughs) it was not necessarily like a path to higher power and i think if you do track some of the stuff with the masons is there power and influence coming from a mystical source or is it just coming from a bunch of rich guys all hanging out and being buddies and then helping each other out in the real world also Mm. like i think that's maybe a Hmm. little bit more plausible but Mm. you also have to always tell someone that you know something really cool and really secret so that they want to join your group and then you're like well i can't tell you right now you're gonna have to learn all of our secret ways and you're gonna have to do some stuff that's gonna make you feel uncomfortable (laughs) and then you'll be bonded with us um but like when you get into like scottish rite masonry there's literally like 33 rites before you get to the top secret at the secret and every rite that you go through, you also have to be contributing more money to the uh. program as well. So like at a certain point, one, if you don't have a bunch of money, you're not gonna get to the top. And two, by the time you get to the top, even if what is revealed to you is not that interesting, you're, hmm. you gotta be like, wow, yeah, this was totally worth it. It was yeah. totally worth all the money that I paid into it. Um, and then you have people like, I don't know. People have been like kind of publishing the secrets of the Masons kind of since the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there is a lot of documentation about their rites and rituals and other things like that. Um, but then you get to people like Joseph Smith, who founded Mormonism, and he was like looking back at the Masons and being like, "How do I recreate this structure in different ways?" I think also L. Ron Hubbard was also like, "Let's do." let's do it again (laughs) like let's figure this out but yeah so maybe that's why they say all secret societies are sort of all based on the same principles because yeah because they're all like an mlm basically yeah yeah oh my god you gotta get enough people into it um but yeah i was thinking about um this one of the secrets that they have everyone do is um this idea that there was I think it's like Jubilo, Jubila, and Jubilorum hmm. were like the three masons that helped build. Now I'm just talking about it. <laughs> I don't know if that's um, they were like the three masons that helped build the Temple of Solomon, and like one of them or two of them killed the other one. So you um. have to like enact this ritual murder, and that's like one of the big things that you have to do. Is like one of them's got to die. And then... And they reenact it like a little play? Yeah, they (gasps) like dress up and reenact it like a little play. Oh my god. Um, Which is interesting too, because also like Jubilo, Jubila, and Jubilorum are just like... Like if you were conjugating stuff in Latin, it's like a declension of a noun. Hmm. So it's also like they're not... I don't think they're real names. But... 
because of that, that was one of the things that was like brought up with um, Jack the Ripper when they were looking for the murderer. There was like one thing that was like scrawled on the wall and it was like, the Jews will not be na- blamed for this, but they misspelled the word. If they meant like the people hmm. who like follow yeah judaism they spelled it really weird uh, so they were like oh maybe there's a masonic connection because maybe it's about jubilo jubilo yeah jubilo. Huh. anyway interesting yeah so that's that's what i have to say about the mason in the class because they get into the mythologies and <laughs> mm-hmm. stuff a lot too oh my god yeah i would love to take that class yeah it was a really good class yeah professor fink it was good <laughs> Oh, I liked the class a lot. I was just going through some other stuff personally. So I was like, oh. I can't do any papers right now because I'm <laughs> freaking out. But yeah, it was cool. And then we talked a lot about fraternities in general. And then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Did you guys want to sniff these things I got? Yeah, let's sniff them. <laughs> while, so, while we're doing that, let's introduce our guest. Let's so, introduce our guest while we start. <laughs> After she's monologued about <laughs> free While we do our aromatherapy. Um. That's the way we like to start oh, the podcast. Yeah. It's a very natural feel. <laughs> just, like, just straight in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we have this aromatherapy kit, and they look like little chapsticks. They do. But um, you just pull it out and huff it. Inhale. Give it a sniff. <laughs> and we can do energy, or if we want peace, or if we want happy, or if we want anything in here. Dream. Maybe this will help us dream tonight. I don't know. I don't know what this one's for. I'm going to go with energy. Okay. And I'll pass it along. But yeah, we have our first... Is this our first guest Yeah, ever? aside from that oh quick little snippet of Eric. Eric coming in. <laughs> yeah. Coming by and going, are you in the yeah. podcast right now? He was Grok. He came in and wiped up some water from the floor. Yeah. And then he in. smelled it. Yeah, to make sure it wasn't pee. Because he thought it was pee. Oh I was like, gosh. Eddie doesn't pee in here. Oh, that's good. Oh, wow. Um, I'm getting energized from this. Wow. We've also Ooh. got frost or blaze. I know. I don't know what I'm those mean. I'm kind of afraid of. I don't want to get frost right now. <laughs> Unless it's I too hot. I need to hot. be sharp. Yeah. I'm going to try blaze. Um, yeah. So I'm Elizabeth Norman. Uh, yeah, I was going to introduce whoa. you as you sniffed it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Elizabeth Norman is on the podcast sniffing. Sniffing blaze, which is just <laughs> cinnamon. <laughs> this one smells like cinnamon too. It's happy. Oh, was it? Do you think it was next to blaze? <laughs> That's why it smells like cinnamon. I don't know. I think maybe the. Pretty strong. It says, "Oh wow, what do you know? Cinnamon, capsicum, clove, nutmeg, black pepper, frankincense, cardamom." So it's got peppers in it too. And what what word is that one again? Blaze. Oh, blaze, right. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting cinnamon. Huh. So Elizabeth is a local occult expert. <laughs> she works at all the most prestigious institutions in the background. In, in the, the background. The underground. In the shadows, if you will. Um, sorry, I've got to cool off with frost. It is mint. It is. It is. It's just mint. Yeah. Which one do you have? Peppermint, eucalyptus, happy. tea tree. Happy. Oh, good. I want to be ha- I want happy. Um... Mm. I don't know about these. But Elizabeth is an educator, yes. artist. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Comedian, good, of course. I am a comedian, yeah. I do, I do still do comedy. Expert um, on Egypt. 
Um, Teacher of the ancient mysteries. Um, you know everything about Egypt and all the relics. <laughs> I know. I've got a good amount of really loose knowledge where it's like I can't pin down a lot of dates, but I could tell you what was generally going on. Yeah. Um, definitely a, a curious person as well. Um, yeah, we were going to ask you, like, mm-hmm. maybe going from your childhood, oh, yeah. like, what was your outlook on the mystical and magical, say, from media and your own life mm-hmm. experience? Yeah. And then how has that changed now being an adult? Definitely. Um, I was raised very Catholic. To me, it felt like normal amount of Catholic, but I think listening to other people, I'm like, no, we were pretty, pretty into it. Um, so I did grow up going to Catholic school, going to church every Sunday, and I was an altar server for four years. Um, so I got to be right up there on the stage with the priest. <laughs> um, but, uh, Catholic family, but my dad has always been really into, he likes occult stuff. He mm. is a big Knights Templar fiction head he loves the knights templar super all about it and then also encourage that so he like i have a big book about vampires that he gave me when i turned eight. Oh my god so it's like huge and so i learned a lot about vampires through that um it was what not kind necessarily... of stuff is in a vampire book um it's like it was really it was a collection of essays about vampires oh. so one of them was about bella lugosi uh-huh. one of them was about elizabeth bathory which is like pretty mm. intense stuff to mm-hmm. read as a small child <laughs> um, it was pretty messed up um but yeah i was also in a fantasy book club growing up mm. um so i think i am a little bit i think a lot of people have maybe different orientations towards the occult and some people are more like kind of fantasy direction and other people are more sci-fi direction mm. Um, but or some yeah. people are more alien direction. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There's some different directions that you can go in. Um, I'm probably more art and history direction now. But I wanted to be a professor of comparative religions when I was in sixth grade, so oh I started God. trying to learn Hebrew, and that didn't go super far. But I can recognize some of the letters now. Wow. Um, I went to a girls' school where we learned Latin also, and then I, yeah. So I know, like, I have a little bit of a basis for some stuff that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, anything witchy, anything spooky. was always into ghosts and that kind of thing growing Mm -hmm. up. Big Scooby-Doo person. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, you've led some ghost tours. I have led ghost tours, yeah. Yeah, and we've had some ghost experiences. Um, I have some friends I have a, that I mentioned earlier. I have, we're friends with a psychic couple that I met doing an interview with a magician. And then <laughs> I met the psychic couple. And I was that like, sentence just sounded really funny. Because like, it's very silly. It's like a really silly thing. And I've tried to explain it to some of my friends, and they're like, yeah, well, like, do you know that like regular people don't go have an interview with a magician? <laughs> like, that's not the most normal situation to put yourself in. Um, but they were doing ghost tours, and I really wanted to do ghost tours and be involved in that. Um, I'm trying to think what else I, I got into. 
don't know, a lot of art, art history kind of stuff. I actually skipped most of the art history stuff, but now I work in a museum and I work in a museum that has a collection of things that go back like over 5,000 years. And I really like it. I like to work with stuff from a bunch of different cultures and kind of like be able to do, yeah, a lot of cross-cultural comparison is really interesting. I do get to think a lot about different world religions because uh, our collection is really reflective of a lot of different religious traditions. Do you see anything yeah. that like would be like maybe parallel thinking or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I well, I brought my laptop and I brought a bunch of things. That, yes. <laughs> like one of the things that I've been getting very excited about, we just opened our um, Across Asia exhibit. So that's also like looking at Asia as a continent and also putting our Islamic art collection up there with it too. Mm -hmm. But we have these like ancient Chinese items that like were made in the Neolithic era. Mm -hmm. And my understanding, which I'm sure, you know, there's, there's always people that know more um, about any topic. My understanding is that these forms were made such a long time ago, there weren't words, like there weren't like writing systems necessarily at the time or a written record to mm -hmm. like convey what that meaning was. And so they were buried with bodies, so you can tell that they're significant. But also in China, they had a tradition, their own tradition of archaeology. So they would dig things up and also find stuff and be like, we don't know what this means anymore, but it's clearly significant. So like some of these forms, they were just like, we don't know what it means, but we're going to keep making it and redoing it. So we've got a couple of examples of like, again, looking back to the past, but these forms and shapes that they don't know what they are. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So some of those are carved out of jade and um, or like get a bee, which is like a big disc with a hole in the center of it. Hmm. Um, and then Kongs, which are these like cylinders. They're cylindrical on the inside, but they're square on the outside. And they have hmm. these like shapes in them that they think are little faces or masks. But to the term of like parallel thinking, one of the things that we have that I got really excited about is mirrors that people were buried with. And so we've got one from China, hmm. we've got a bunch from ancient Greece and Rome and uh, Etruria. And then I think we have one from Iran as well. So it's like, not necessarily, these people wouldn't have been. In maybe contact. maybe China and Iran, and I think the Iran one is like, the Iranian one is later. But people in China and people in ancient Greece at this point in time, we're not really in contact, but mm -hmm. you still have people being buried with mirrors. Weird. And what I have heard from our curator is that they've got more research coming out about especially like the Etruscan mirrors and thinking that people were using those um, for divination and like scrying. Mm -hmm. So like looking into a mirror and like gaining knowledge from it or being able to kind of like remote viewing mm -hmm. um seeing things that are not in front of you or for um talking to the dead also oh. as like a, a way to communicate across the like the barrier of life and death mm -hmm. um which i just think is really cool and i got really excited about it i could have sworn i heard something recently that mirrors some people think it's a way to teleport to different realms or like to shift into different realities so i wonder if they yeah. thought that 
you were buried with a mirror to like help you shift into like the next reality or, yeah. or the next dimension or something. I don't know. And there's also like other kind of folk traditions, and I think those exist in America and also in Europe. Um, that are like when someone dies, you're supposed to cover all the mirrors in the house so that mm-hmm. they don't get stuck, like oh. either looking at their own reflection or whatever. They just get out. Oh my um, god! They don't get trapped on Earth. Interesting. Um, like it's a little pocket reality. Yeah. Mirrors. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. That's interesting. But yeah. But you didn't bring any of the objects no, out of the museum. No, I didn't bring any of the objects. <laughs> out of the museum. I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> and they keep them. They keep them away. They keep them safe. We apparently did have a problem at one point in time with people taking objects out of the museum. Oh my god. There's like our former director wrote a, like a autobiography or like a memoir about his time at the museum and it was basically like yeah one of the guards was just taking a bunch of stuff <laughs> and i came over to his house i was like you can't do that buddy oh <laughs> it's God. like what are you talking about it was like stealing like little bronzes from ancient greece or something like, dude that's not like a normal way to react to this and this is not a normal thing to write about either oh like huh. um so the person wrote about taking the stuff he wrote about like knowing that catching the guy, the guy. Would, mm. catching the guy taking mm. stuff and knowing about that and then was just like anyway ha 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 um he didn't get him back i guess he didn't no i don't i don't know i haven't read the book yet and i guess i should um i guess if you steal at all your other jobs you get a new job and okay it happens to be at a museum but you just keep you know your um so this is habits. a b oh what's this disc and there's like some stuff that I was seeing because I was reading through a lot of the labels for the things that have been installed on the fourth floor. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about like that heaven was represented by a circle and earth was represented by a square. Mm-hmm. So then they think that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. So then this is a Kong. So then they think that like this is a representation of like the marriage of the, the heaven and earth, right? Like you've got a. Uh, a cylindrical center and a square outside so maybe it's heaven and earth coming together and they're saying that these are little faces on the side but i feel like i can't really tell we're i thought you in. were saying that square is the flat earth <laughs> and the dome is the heaven I'm, above us the i'm gonna let you know you're above. not gonna catch me saying that <laughs> you're not gonna catch me going anything flatter but you did say the earth was was uh represented by a square yeah. it was represented by a square it doesn't mean it is a square but maybe symbolically those, maybe they saw it was represented by a square and then the dome is the heaven above you know um even in the, the walt disney logo animation they were trying to tell us the, about the firm <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i saw that video last Whoa. night <laughs> That's pretty wild. Um, yeah, you're Alex, telling me. Hey, Alex <laughs> isn't super into flat Earth. He just likes to entertain. He just likes ideas. to think about it. Yeah, so just this like is to learn about history. <laughs> yeah, that's how you learn about history. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so this is one of the mirrors from like between the third and second century BCE of um, from China. Wow. Hmm. So we only have the one picture of it because it's in storage and it hasn't been, they haven't taken a new picture in a while. So is it shiny on the other side? Yes. Cool. So it's made out of either brass or bronze, um, which is the same with the Greek mirrors. But to give a description for people listening to this, 
it's a circle and it's in kind of like black and white grayscale and there's almost like a sunburst pattern like a scalloping that's going along the outer edge there's a little handle in the center and then there's a scrolling pattern that i think has little dragons on it hmm. but they're really stylized and they've got these kind of like little loopy edges to them it looks pretty cool and then from again the same time period if you want to send me those links i can oh, put yeah. them in the you can description drop them in. put them in the show notes <laughs> um this is one that we have on view that is from ancient greece and it is so you can imagine again this would have also been polished hmm. very highly hmm. so that it would have been reflective hmm. um it's green now because it's really oxidized but it's got a base that is um, the goddess Aphrodite has this whole mirror on her head and there are two kind of cupid figures they're sort of like angels which the word angel comes from the Greek word for messenger oh. which I think is kind of interesting um, and then there's two little birds on the side and on the very top there's a sphinx um, definitely something with mirrors definitely something with mirrors <laughs> and some of our mirrors it's really hard to see, and I don't even know that you're going to be able to see it. But we've got these mirrors from um, Etruria, which is in Italy. But they have these, like, really, like, finely incised <laughs> scenes with different gods and goddesses. But it's, like, very, very... It's like if someone took, like, a really sharp implement and just kind of scratched them in. But, like, really well done. But you can't, you know, we can't polish them up and see what they look like anymore because it would hurt the mirror. Mm. But interesting to think about. And then one of my favorite works of art that I show people when they come to the museum. So if you ever come and want a tour, are some, this is a, not this one. This one is a, like a big wine vessel that this probably would have served as someone's grave marker. Um, but it's got like a lot going on here hmm. um so it's like this big terracotta vase and it would have been like a couple feet tall um but it has um persephone the queen of the underworld um and she's got a mirror in her hand hmm. there too hmm. or like floating next to her Wow. So you've also got, yeah, Hermes, who's like bringing people back and forth and then this kind of idea that you're going to carry people down to the underworld. Apparently we're Hermes. Oh. Because he's oh, yeah. a Gemini and I'm a Virgo. And those oh. are the two sides of Hermes. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm a Virgo yeah. too. Oh. Yeah. That's what Sam was telling me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. I guess he's the more loop-de-loop -loop -loop and I'm the more grounded. Like yeah, yeah, grounded. Very yeah. interesting. Now, when you were talking about mm -hmm. um, angels, or what, what did you say about them again? Um, the word that we have in English for angel yeah. comes from the Greek word for messenger. Messenger. Um, I heard something else the other day. <laughs> well, so to that, I would actually say that that's not what I heard on TikTok. Um, on TikTok, they said I that it came from somewhere else. I'm I believe just you. wondering where you got your information. <laughs> 
no, that's I, cool. Great. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if people are just making stuff up of word associations or I, a lot of the new age stuff, they do try to connect it to like a word association. And I'm like, was that true? Or is that someone like trying to make something out of, right. you know? And they were saying that um, it, it somehow comes from the word angle as well, even though I know it's not spelled that way about angles of light like stars are angles of light or something sounding and i was like this sounds like a stretch yeah i know i think i think what he's thinking of what i've heard (laughs) what am i trying to say like (laughs) it's like kind of like sacred geometry kind of thing like everything's made up of angles Angles? so these angels are kind of like angles in our world it's like you know as important but it's just some certain cosmology a yeah. new agey thing i know but then as i was hearing that i was like this seems like a stretch that i've never heard before angle of light is an angel but anyway also the messenger thing is it's similar like if the angle if the angle of light is like shooting messages down you wow. know <laughs> it really makes you think doesn't it yes it does oh my goodness um, we were also going to start shining green laser pointers at stars too just to see what happens <laughs> I saw a video online, but you can actually get in a lot of trouble if you hit an airplane. Yeah, I would imagine. I saw a thing today that they were like, guess what? The sun's actually green. What? Yeah, but you can't see it because your eyes are so overwhelmed by the input that they're getting from all of the radiation of the sun. Oh my god. Yeah. National Geographic. So. Huh. You wanted a source. (laughs) 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 Um... Yeah, they're like, you'd most likely see it as green, which I think is kind of interesting, too, because, like, human eyes can pick out the most different colors of green because it's right in the middle of the visible spectrum. So your eye can discern more types of green than any other color. Yeah. Eddie's trying to help Jordan. (laughs) Not right now, Eddie. No, you gotta chill, buddy. Wow. So... What would make them think that the mirrors was something metaphysical? Sorry, sorry to play devil's advocate here, but like, what like what evidence about... do you think people have? That's a good question, and I think I would probably have to ask our curator directly, like in terms of what's the new research that it, you know, is adding up to them thinking hmm. that. But I think that there are in different places, either through like written record or through art historical record like associations of um yeah mirrors with like a psychomantion there's like a room that you could go into with a mirror like that is specifically for talking to the dead in Mm. ancient greece Hmm. um yeah and then you have things like psychopomps which are guides that lead you to the underworld and back so hermes um, is also a psychopomp because he leads dead souls to Hades. Hmm. Um, but in other cultures, that role is taken on by other things, like in um, some indigenous religions in like Mexico, it would be a little dog hmm. who would lead you to the, the underworld <laughs> and just tell you where to go. Is that a chihuahua? Um, potentially, yeah. Or just a one of those like little kind of like hairless dogs i think oh and they like they were like you don't want this type of dog you want this type of dog it has to be the right color i think it's like it can't be a white dog because then it doesn't want to get dirty 
but it can't be like a different type of dogs then it's, it's doing too much i don't know there's like some other stuff going on with that too hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah have you heard of um uh like uh those two guys john d in the middle ages john mm-hmm. d and that mm-hmm. other guy Apparently they were doing something with a black mirror. Was it Francis Bacon? Or yeah, I guess like so. Yeah. Or D, um, D and Edward Kelly, okay. John D and Edward Kelly. Yeah. Um, so I've I've heard that from mm-hmm. like trying to trying to like talk to an angel or something through like yeah. a black obsidian kind of mirror. Yeah. Yeah, I heard you can. There's like know, some I've process got, of have, painting a mirror. I have an obsidian mirror too, but what's I haven't. What's used obsidian? It. I know scary. what obsidian is. Obsidian is also, it's a type of volcanic glass. Yeah. So it's kind of similar to the process for, like, the glass that you have here that is naturally formed. Yeah. Um, also, like, the Moldavite is basically, yeah, it's just a naturally occurring glass. So. It comes out of volcanoes, and it's very hard. And you can just buy an obsidian mirror? Yeah. And it's not reflective at all? Like, you don't no, see a reflection in it? Because oh. it's shiny. It's polished. Oh, but it's black? Oh my god, I've never seen... I want to see what this yeah. looks like. So there's, like, some things where people are also, like, your mind and your brain adjusts pretty quickly to seeing things that are static or the same. So, like, you can, you know, see your glasses or your nose, or you can always see your nose on your face, but your brain edits it out because that's not what you're looking at and it's not what you're interested in. Oh, yeah, in. that's crazy. Um, and then our brains are, like, evolutionarily wired to be scanning for danger most of the time, so it's also likely that people are like, yeah, if you stare at a mirror for long enough, your brain is going to, one, edit out your face and stuff because it's going to, like, you're going to you know what you look like and that's gonna be what not interesting and then you'll start like it'll start looking for things in the background that are like out of place or a threat or dangerous which so it's it's possible that there's like a, a reason why you might see things if you were staring in a mirror for a really long time but that's scary i know it's kind of freaky so what do you use the obsidian mirror like <laughs> it's supposed to be for like communicating or with spirits or um that kind of stuff but we're then i'm always like picture. Can you see it? Mm-hmm. I get, I get too scared, because I don't really want to. I'm like, I'm interested in knowing what's going on with spirits and that kind of thing, but at the same time, I'm not trying to invite anyone over. No, me um, either. And my parents' house was definitely haunted, also. So, really? um, it's kind of like I'm interested in ghosts as long as they're not in the house where I'm I know I don't at. want to interact with them myself. Yeah. So, I saw some other creepy thing online that said. It, again, it kind of reminded me of like a light as a feather, stiff as a board kind of urban legend or, or like the ones where you say something into a mirror five times. Like I'm just too afraid oh, to do yeah, those kind of things. Like Bloody Mary or things like yeah. that. Yeah. But it said if you stare into a mirror for a really long time and like keep staring at yourself, like something starts to happen. Like your face right, starts right. changing and moving. Your is that kind of what you're... I think that is part of oh, what it's going on. Maybe Which also... Sca- that scares me. But I, I heard that it can also be like, um, explained scientifically because maybe there's a couple second delay on what we see because oh, we're, yeah. so maybe you are doing, sense too. maybe you are making very subtle movements, but mm-hmm. your eye takes a, a half a second to catch up with what you see mm-hmm. so maybe you're you don't think you're, just you're like, moving but you're but perceiving it differently i don't know I, i'm too afraid to that, try it and that reminds me of one of the things that i also was wanting to tell you about was when <gasps> i worked at william sonoma yeah um could you tilt the mic oh, up yeah. a moment? sorry when i was working at william sonoma <laughs> <laughs> uh there was like one day so it's in cross keys which is like a 
community that a lot of older people live yeah. in and retire to. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a couple of customers who would come in and people would be like, don't don't really bother talking to her because she's not here to buy anything. She just wants to talk to people. Uh, um, and I wasn't I wasn't very good at selling things anyway. So that was <laughs> fine. Um, but she came to me and she like was missing one tooth and she was very old and she started talking to me about how she and her husband were involved in the Rosicrucians and yeah (laughs) and that she was like yeah and you should totally join you can like I don't know you send them like 20 bucks or something they give you a work work you get started on it and then you know you're getting into all this stuff and it was pretty crazy I was really good at it um you know I did this one thing where I was looking into a mirror and all of a sudden my face was just changing all around and it was going everywhere and I was old I was young I was all whoa. these things going on and whoa. I was like whoa that is crazy <laughs> scary. but I was like wow that's uh that's really interesting oh my God. um it was really wild and rosicrucians are another like order where they date themselves back to like probably the crusades i think um but in reality i think they're kind of somewhere around like the 1600s or something like that but they've been doing stuff i don't know it freaks me out like i that you're seeing like yourself in another reality and that's why they're moving differently than you're moving or something it's like He's really ripping this boy apart. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think, um, I was just drawing this. I think there's like a rose, the Rosicrucian rose or something mm, like that. Four mm-hmm. petal rose. Oh. The Order of the Rosy Cross is yeah. what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's that? The thing that your tattoo, your newest oh, yeah. tattoo, mm-hmm. um, yeah. that's similar to what you were talking about a few minutes ago, right? Is that, I didn't know if you had a picture of one of those. I do. I, yeah. So this is based on the tattoo that I have is based on a print that I made on a work of art in the museum collection, which one of the things that I found out today, cause I was looking at it that I didn't know before was that the museum purchased this the same year that I was born, oh. um, which I didn't know. Weird. Um, but this is, it's like a female figure it's a cycladic figure so it's from greece um the cyclades islands and they've found a lot of figures like this um this is what ours looks like they found a lot of figures like this and they don't know exactly what the purpose of them was a lot of them are female figures but not all of them some of them like the met has a ton and some of them they've got a little guy who is like playing an instrument or doing other stuff like this but they all have these like round chins with a squared off head um and they were like a lot of them have been found in graves that's where most of the stuff that we have in the world that is ancient is because people got it um people got it out of a grave wow um because that's that's, yeah generally most of the stuff that was not buried somewhere safe um didn't survive oh true yeah so some graves they've found they've got one some graves they've got 18 of these some graves they got none so they're like clearly there's not like a one-to-one thing like everybody needs to have one of these (laughs) you know um but yeah i just think it looks really cool i like because it does look almost kind of futuristic in the way that it's like so simplified it's Mm. hard to imagine that it's from like about four thousand years ago because it looks like it would fit in really well in like modernist decor or something like that like you could see someone using that in the 60s as like here's a cool thing that yeah. i have 
in my house. It reminds me of those little figures that you would do for like life drawing or something, mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. in an art class. Yeah, like, like one of those like posable kind of yeah, wooden figures. Yeah, posable wooden figures. Yeah, it reminds me of that a little bit. And so that's the thing too, is that they don't really know what they were for because they also can't, a lot of them can't stand up by themselves either. Oh. So it's not like they were meant to like stand. You know how they do have that like modern look to it, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. What if it's supposed to look like aliens from the future when right. we get when we get all smoothed out looking? Well, and so that's a lot of the stuff too that gets into the things with the because we watched the Crystal Skull this past weekend, and I think a lot of the stuff that people get really excited about with like ancient aliens yeah. and um, Native American and Mesoamerican cultures is that in like for the Mayan people, mm-hmm. they did have beauty standards where they would like for elite families, they would flatten babies' heads with boards so that they would have like a really long forehead. Yeah. And people, a lot of the people that are really into ancient aliens are like, that's because they wanted to look like their gods who were actually aliens. <laughs> and that's why they wanted to do this. And it's like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I'm just saying that part in Crystal Skull where all the skulls come back together and it turns out they were all one alien separated into, sorry, spoiler for the 2008 movie Crystal Skull, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull they all turn into a CGI alien oh my god and then he (laughs) overloads Kate Blanchett's brain and she dies wait, that's what's gonna happen to all of us when we die we're all gonna go back to being one again yeah, that's really cool. That's maybe, a nice idea. Maybe that's what that allegory is in that movie. Yeah. So, oh, sorry. Go ahead. We're, we're I know that we're doing a lot of time right now, and mm-hmm. I've got other things to talk about, but you had a question or a thing that you wanted to say. Do you believe in or what? what's your opinion about, like, Egyptian figures with elongated skulls? Like, do you think there's any people with, with elongated skulls? Part of the thing with Egyptian burials and uh, I don't know a lot of the people that were like got a full mummification and burial were very lucky yeah basically (laughs) you had to be you had to be able to pay for it um to get it and so originally it was just for pharaohs and then it moved on to being like people of the upper class um a lot of the pharaohs I would say spent a lot of time like marrying their sisters I wouldn't be surprised if there were like maybe more like a, a smaller gene pool they were pulling from as opposed to mm-hmm. alien influence in my opinion yeah I know. <laughs> yeah like king yeah. tut or whatever they right. say like had some issues yeah had some issues and was also married to his sister mm. yeah his whole thing too and that is we have like one piece in our collection that's like connected to that or maybe a couple of pieces but his dad was the one um who totally was like we've got to scrap our entire worldview hmm. and all of our religion and just go to monotheistic it's one god is the sun disc as opposed to all of like we think of ancient egyptian gods as like a lot of different um figures with like animal heads and that kind of stuff and he was like forget that Hmm. it's all about aten the sun disc and that was very unpopular in egypt so then when he died and tutankhamun came on at like nine years old they were like guess what you're gonna change it back (laughs) Um, but I think that idea of having just like only the sun disc is also kind of interesting too. Mm. Trying to convert over to that. Didn't wasn't there supposedly a sun disc in like that was found or something in South America? 
I don't know. Oh, do you mean like the the big like calendar stone? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Supposedly there are these like seven discs or Atlantean sun discs oh, that's yeah. showed up somewhere. I don't know if they're Atlantean, but there are like there are sun discs in terms of like a big stone circle with a sun on it that was like a calendar and in like the aztec calendar you'd be like every 52 years there'd be like a new sun and in order for that new sun to take over you had to make a great sacrifice to the sun um but basically yeah that each sun would die and that would form a new age hmm. but i'm not sure about any connections to atlantis we're I, i'm just a bank of references yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like just like, floating around yeah no i was at a meeting um do you all remember when there was like that mummy the sarcophagus that got found and it was full of juice and everyone was like let us drink the juice wait no oh my god okay i was like at a department meeting and i was like everyone's gonna want to drink the mummy juice and they're like we don't know what you're talking <laughs> oh about oh my god you but... might be from a different reality where that happened <laughs> I am not, because my sister knew exactly what I was talking about. My sister works with me now, which is great. But she was like, yes, I know what you're talking about. And then she pulled it up. And like at, oh, it happened in 2018. And basically, they found this black sarcophagus that was full of like bones and red juice. And then there's a change.org petition that now has over 30,000 signatures that are like, let us drink the juice out of the sarcophagus. Because they're like, it'll probably give us powers and then we can finally die. Um, so oh they were God. not successful. And they also did an analysis of the juice and they were like, it's sewage, basically. <laughs> like, it's really, Ew. really gross. Ew. And you don't want to drink it. And then I guess whoever, because I, I, I was on the change.org petition this week looking it up just to be like, what, you know, what happened with this? Yeah. And then I guess the person who started it was like, anyway, a bunch of people have been like educating me about people in the West, like discovering and then eating human remains. And I've decided maybe we shouldn't, we should let the museum keep the juice. <laughs> My God. Um, which is like, it was a big thing. Um in like Victorian England to like get mummy powder and try oh, to yeah. eat it as like medicine and that kind of stuff. Oh, so, wow. yeah. What was the thing you were going to bring up? Oh, it was a, we have a magic wand from Egypt, Ooh. which is kind of cool. cool. We also don't know what it's for. There's no writing on it, but, um, the Met mm. has one also, and theirs was for protecting a what? Mother. There's wands in yeah. <laughs> these Well, there's like, I don't know that I've there's really about. any other thing to to call it. But it's essentially, it's like a ivory tusk that's been flattened out and all it's carved with all of these. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, I collect ivory. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I think it's hard to collect at this point because you're really not supposed to have I it. love ivory. <laughs> I love collecting ivory. It's my favorite thing. You got your tusk on the wall. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Do I not have it up? Just a little tasteful ivory. Yeah. Let me see. I have so many mirrors pulled up. Um... Oh, 
Oh, I, another thing that I pulled up, which I thought was kind of crazy, and I didn't know that we were going to talk about that either, is um, this is a piece that we have while I'm trying to see if I have my... I think Yeah, okay, I've got the magic wand. This one is an icon that's the Virgin of the Burning Bush, which hmm. is also kind of crazy. It just looks really cool. I like the colors. Um, but here's the wand. So this is what it looks like. Hmm. It's just oh. kind of a curved tusk. Um, and then if you zoom in, it's all of these, I guess, gods or animals or they were like also maybe demons and they've all got swords and they're marching forward <laughs> oh my god um yeah so if you want to check it out wow i heard that in the bible sometimes angels have swords mm -hmm. with them yeah honestly though this is not even like funny i totally forgot this my neighbor has an elephant tusk and he is not supposed to have it. You're not supposed to have it. He even said it. He was. He was like, "This is illegal to have this." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't be saying it. We should cut that out. Hey, I didn't have it. He didn't say which neighbor. Yeah. So it's really difficult oh to, um, I think, even now purchase ivory or purchase things made out of ivory because you have to have a really clear like chain of command of where they were to make sure that people weren't hunting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To get them. We have a lot of works made out of ivory. Why do but... people want ivory so bad anyway? Because um, it was a precious substance. Yeah. So it's like hard to get because elephants are really big. Yeah. And very dangerous. And then it became a luxury good because it was difficult Just to get. Just because it was so hard to yeah. get. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not even like that pretty. <laughs> hey, man, you need to talk to some people in the Middle Ages because they'd be really pissed to hear that. <laughs> They'd be really upset. Don't tell the elephants that too. They'd oh be yeah. Really sad. I would never say that to an elephant. Also, yeah. the piano players—they would be pretty mad. Yeah. They'd probably think it's beautiful. They spend all day yeah. tickling the keys, and you don't even think that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Good job. What other kind of questions did we have for Elizabeth? Um. Do any magic spells lately, or? No. <laughs> I don't do a, I don't do a lot of spells. Um, do you believe in magic? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. What do you? I'm open to it being true. I'm open to things being possible. But I'm also pretty skeptical. I will say mm. again, uh, our friend Dan, who he and his wife are psychics psychics and they've also worked as like mentalists i've mm -hmm. seen them do some demonstrations and i will say i don't know how they do it so like what what do they to that do that degree he had a thing where i guess he predicted what the front page of the baltimore sun was going to be what? and like described it and wrote it and put it in a box and they were like this box has been here it's been all sealed up i had to unseal the box this is the first time i met him and he had to be like, and you and I, we've never met before. And I was like, that's completely true. I don't know you. Um, I had to open up the box mm -hmm. and then he like read out the descriptions and they did match up with the front page. And I was like, oh, I don't know how you did that, but that's kind of interesting. Like being yeah. like, there's going to be a person with a red vest and there's blue in the picture. And then here are some of the words that are going to be on the front page. I don't know. 
not that crazy of one but we also went to um they hosted a like a seance that was like Mm -hmm. over zoom too and they his wife cat like connected to stuff and i was like well that's pretty crazy i think they channeled my grandfather who was dead um still is but yeah uh it was really freaky and i did get goosebumps i was like ah (laughs) i was really scared because i was like i don't know how you know this stuff um but yeah Mm-hmm. How did they meet? Each- they're just both psychics, and then they met. That's a really good question. <laughs> I think they were both raised really, really religious, oh. and they were like, "But we were always in our own ways, curious about the world, curious about things." And I think they met at like a Bible college, and like got married, and then like got out of there. And he's gone through some. He has some kind of like psychic certificate. Like oh, wow. I think he's gone through some kind of an occult school. Oh my god! He's really into the Kabbalion. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm yeah oh so he's they're into hermeticism they are very into hermeticism um yeah they're doing a lot of that kind of stuff and then then they also do like again psychic demonstrations ghost tours seances they're really into seance history too so um, i always wonder if like spiritualism if you really believe in stuff that you really can make it come true like if he really saw a vision of that front cover Mm-hmm. of the paper eddie's trying to hump everyone eddie um chill buddy hey eddie hey. no biting um like if he really like saw a vision of what that cover was gonna look like whether he saw it or started piecing it yeah. together in his mind but then he like really believed that that is gonna be the cover right. like i feel like everything in like magic is they say you have to see it and like really yeah. visualize it and like really see yeah. it and then so if you really believe it that, that's how it's yeah like if you if you really believe that that's what's gonna happen then i think it maybe that is what's possible about it but i don't know but then it's like you never know what's a coincidence or not yeah like i had i've been having weird little experiences too but then i don't know if i'm just looking for it too right. you know but like okay so one can i share my camping chair story <laughs> i feel like this is a good time to share sure. this so I was going to the store. I needed a fold-out chair, you know, like a camping chair, like mm-hmm. that you would take to like a music festival yeah. or or a camping trip or whatever. Um, <clears throat> and I was going to a music festival, so I was like, I need to go buy one of those fold-out chairs. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to make a bunch of stops, so I was like, I bet you they'll have it at Safeway, like at the grocery store, because mm-hmm. you know how sometimes in the grocery store they might have like a summer section and they might have chairs and stuff mm-hmm. and. I was like, oh my God, as I was driving to the store, I was like, what if I really just see it there and it's going to be there? They're going to have the product. Like, I'm just Mm -hmm. thinking positively, like optimism, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, what if that's really what magic is or manifestation is like? It's probably just like the odds are 50-50, but like, what if I can make it, that product be at the store? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I got there. They didn't have any regular sized camping chairs, but right at the entrance was a huge jumbo sized fold out camping chair oh. that like three people could fit in the seat. Wow. It was like huge. That's a big one. Like a camping couch. It, yeah, it was you like a bold picture. Yeah, it was like comically large. Like it was called Colossal Sports Chair or something. And I was like, is that like a little trickster universe thing of like. I wasn't specific enough, like, that right. I wanted a normal-sized fold-out chair. But, like, that was just too bizarre. 
that that happened yeah it reminds me of the newspaper thing because mm-hmm. like he sort of knew what it was but right. not fully but I like mean, he had like enough details that you were like yeah somehow you knew a lot about this right it was kind of freaky yeah it's kind of hard to tell the scale in the picture but it was like a giant yeah. 75 dollar that's great fold out chair yeah yeah like that's, that's a pretty thing. obscure product mm-hmm. i thought it was funny in the picture you can see it says chicken dinner something about winner winner i'm here for dinner yeah winner winner i'm here for dinner and it's like a chicken dinner but Mm -hmm. i just thought that was kind of funny because it's like saying winner winner chicken dinner like you got the thing that you asked i got the thing that i asked for but yeah i did not buy that giant ass chair yeah it's too big (laughs) yeah did you have something to add um was there anything you were thinking of that you said you had a lot to talk about? This? Oh, and I can get into, I mean, I have a lot of other things that I could get into. I also got yeah. really into tarot. I have been trying to, for a while, trying to read young also. Mm. Um, and then I was also listening to A Hero with a Thousand Faces, which I think I actually talked to you about your at your parents' house at one point, yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. thinking, like, I'm listening to A Hero with a Thousand Faces, which is that, like... Um, the hero's journey kind of uh joseph campbell like bringing all of those things together mm-hmm. um did they I'm, yeah did sorry. young and like joseph campbell kind of overlap or did they have different That's like, what, i think they it? probably did overlap because i think young was around until the 1960s mm-hmm. and i want to say i mean Joseph Campbell, as far as I've gotten into, I'm listening to the audiobook, and sometimes it's a little hard to, like, stay present with it, because the way the guy's reading it, a lot of it just ends up sounding like poems, um, because he is going into, like, mythology from around the world, but then he goes into a lot of psychoanalysis, and so I think that definitely Joseph Campbell was reading Jung and Freud, and was, like, really into their stuff. Um, cause you kind of get into a certain point you're like, okay, every cave is a womb. All right. Like, <laughs> sure. Um, it kind of tests my patience a little bit at some points where I'm like, are we sure that this is as far as we can analyze everything? Like, this is like, it can only be these things. Um, but yeah, I think they were probably in, in conversation. I want to say that the hero with a thousand faces came out in like the 40s or something but i'm not totally sure and that like that's the idea that there's a a monomyth yeah yeah that's present kind of in all these different stories mm-hmm. have at least the same beats like the same plot right. structure yeah basically. that you mm-hmm. you can't just go and win immediately mm. there have to be obstacles and mm-hmm. other things and then you learn through the process of like you know you fall down you get back up again um that again like the strength or the power was in you at all times but you weren't at the right point in your journey to discover that mm-hmm. so all of these other distractions all of these other obstacles all these other failures are all adding up to you finally having the power to achieve your goal and most of them also involve a symbolic death um whether you're yeah actually dying and coming back or Mm -hmm. whether you are making a descent to the underworld or through these other different trials but Mm -hmm. yeah a death and rebirth Mm -hmm. here's a question for you guys one of these topics i've i've written down Mm -hmm. do you think yourself and we were talking about true self a little Mm -hmm. earlier Mm -hmm. do you think the self 
is something that you are discovering that's a static thing mm. that in this life it's a static thing and you're maybe stripping away things that are not you to discover that self or do you think the self is constantly changing um Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, I think it makes me think of, um, like, George Herbert Mead's, like, theories on the formation of self, which are that, like, the self kind of can't be created alone. Like, yourself and who you are is all relational to who you spend time with and how they reflect parts of you that you either identify with or don't identify with, and you build yourself by interacting with other people and seeing how they respond to you and being like, is this the kind of person? Am I the kind of person that I think other people would respond to like that? And if you're like, yikes, then usually you make a change or you like kind of turn things around for yourself a little bit. I mean, I think, yeah, I don't know how you feel about it, Alex. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an interesting question. I guess it's like the nature versus nurture thing too. It's like, are you always just who you were, or how much of it was but like, like predetermined by your genetics? Or yeah, versus yeah, based on your surroundings and stuff. I mean, I think that's also part of where like the idea of like the collective versus the individual, these other things, like human beings evolved in a collaborative way, like evolved to be with each other and in community with each other and related to each other. Um, so that's like part of where I think the theory of the collective unconscious comes in is that before we had words to speak, like we were in different ways, like telling each other stories and showing each other things through like art or through symbols that represented something bigger than we had words to describe but that kind of gets forgotten i think a lot in like a lot of western societies are very individualistic and very individual focused so the idea that like one's self is like something that can be discovered or worked on entirely alone i think is very culturally situated as well mm -hmm. um yeah yeah, um, I don't know if you, like, grokked at all the, uh, <laughs> the backstory of that word grok. It just kind of came up, but people use that in, in a certain context of just mm -hmm. understanding, like, do you, does it resonate kind of? Right. But yeah. that that is, in that book, like, the Martian people apparently, I guess, are more collective mm -hmm. that yeah. kind of way. So they're like, oh, I grok you, and it's like yeah. there's mm -hmm. less boundary between you and the the thing that you're talking about or the person you're talking about. Yeah. I was thinking about that too, because you guys on another episode were talking about um, dreams and the way that you talk in dreams and that you don't actually like say things out loud in dreams because it's all communicated like psychically and that yeah. there's like relations to maybe aliens. It made me think about um, the books by Madeline Leangle. So she wrote A Wrinkle in Time and that was her most oh, famous book, but yeah. she also wrote a bunch of sequels to it and I read all of those. Um, and in her other ones, there are angels that are like the biblically accurate angels, like the seraphim that are like just a big ball oh. with like the wings and the eyes yeah. and constantly covering and uncovering. And they all speak telepathically through hmm. kithing is what they call it. Um, 
but they get into that like the macro and the micro like mm-hmm. they have to go into her brother's cells and work with the ferrandoli in his mitochondria mm-hmm. to cure him but he's also connected to the universe so if he is sick and dies that's going to have ramifications on like oh my god it's a really cool book i would recommend it actually i read it's a like wrinkle the, in time yeah. in school yeah but, and I, I remember there were sequels and stuff but yeah. i never read all of them yeah 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 i forgot about that book yeah she also read another one that's like really weird that's just about like the twin brothers that are like barely in a wrinkle in time and they go to another planet where oh. or maybe they go like super way back in time to like biblical times hmm. And it's like everyone's really small, but there's also angels that are really, really big. Huh. I don't know. That one I remember less, but I was like, this is really weird. But the other, I, I liked, um, I think it was like A Wind in the Willows was the one with like the... That sounds familiar. Yeah. Man, so she was a truther. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those She's kids doing books. some crazy stuff. But yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But thinking about like whether like the idea of us being separate or individual, like a one one consciousness one spirit one thing is also an illusion like whether it should be like everyone should be on a level where you're all communicating Mm -hmm. yeah intuitively whether that's telepathically or not but like on a level of understanding but then like that being i don't know kind of tower of babel sort of like split up yeah if you guys ever have a dream about me, can you tell me like the second you wake up? Because I want to see if I was had the same dream. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! Sometimes I have absolutely. Re- I have really yeah. realistic dreams with people sometimes, mm-hmm. where I'm like, that just felt so real. Like I think they might have had the same dream, but then we forget the dream so fast. Right. So like, do you ever think trippy thoughts like that? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Dreams are just so weird. Yeah. Now I have a dream journal that I was trying to keep up with for a while, but Me I was too. like, not I'm never good at consistent it. with that. No. I haven't been dreaming a lot lately, actually. But yeah, dreams. I and I can't remember if I've spoken in a dream, but like I I heard that recently right, that yeah, like yeah, you don't yeah, really yeah. speak, but, but like... I'm like I don't know. I haven't dreamt in a while to test it out. I feel like, or I always forget. Yeah. I don't I don't lucid dream that much anymore, I guess. Mhm. What other little goodies did you bring? What other oh. props? Well, the only other so I did I was like again, I was trying to edit. I've got a lot of um <laughs> I've got a lot of cool books at my house. Yeah. I've got a lot of some of them got pictures. Some of them yeah. is just mostly words. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all about a bunch of different I've got like books on like chaos magic and like What's Chaos Magic? I've heard of that. I don't know. I haven't read the book yet. <laughs> I got a lot of books that I'm like, one day I'm going to read. I'm going to know so much stuff. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> I can't wait for the day that I have enough energy to know everything. But I did bring, I brought a pack of tarot cards and then I brought my tarot journal Ooh, also. How do you use a tarot journal? Oh, it's just that I've been writing, when I do a tarot reading, I write it down in oh. the tarot journal. I was getting really into it in the pandemic, and then we were also, like, looking up the meaning of all the cards and, like, writing, like, here's mm-hmm. what it's associated with. So we were trying to, like, do that as a way of practicing and learning, but you can see we got tired of it really quickly. <laughs> like, that's how much text is there on the front page, and then yeah. this is the second page where you're like, damn, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> like, I did not... <laughs> get much further but some of them were like okay we've already seen it so we'd only bring it up but i 
I don't do it as often as I used to, but I do like to do a New Year's spread every year, and then it's kind of cool to like see what um, what happened with that. I also took a art history class on um, tarot, so wow. I took some notes for that in here too. But I did, yeah, I did spreads for everyone for New Year's, and then sometimes people were like can you do that again? Because <laughs> I don't like my results. Huh. And I recorded him here. This one you can see was from my brother's wife's bachelorette party. And at the time that I did this one, pretty sauced. <laughs> pretty, like the handwriting is really, really. <laughs> Your handwriting's larger. <laughs> um, but I was going to say, if you wanted a tarot reading, we could do like just a three card poll. Really? Yeah. Okay. I've never done it before. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I'm nervous. Cool. Well, I'm gonna. I'll start shuffling that. Okay. <laughs> if you want one. Yeah. You do terror sometimes, don't you, Jordan? I just yeah. I haven't really done it officially. I've just like pulled a few cards here and there, like just one, a single one in a day, just so it's not too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe I should start doing that. Yeah. I have a tarot deck, but I still don't really know the whole process of like how to do it how many to pull at a time like how to interpret them or do i just google it every time or... you can if you want to um depending on which deck you get a lot of them come with little books or things that give you just kind of a basic rundown um there's a couple of different tarot traditions so it yeah. depends on which they all kind of sort of descend from the same um from like the same genealogy and that they're like at some point these were in Egypt people were playing cards and then they came across the Mediterranean into Italy and so yeah I was curious like where it came from if it came from some other system before that yeah these archetypes or whatever yeah right so I think to a certain degree it's kind of murky for a while and then you get like Tarak or Taroko which was being played as a, a parlor game. Um, is that like Yu-Gi-Oh or something? <laughs> well, it's, like, it's a lot more like spades or like what you'd think of as like regular playing cards. They all come from the same thing. So mm-hmm. before they got separated, <laughs> that's what's now like the major and the minor arcana. The only part of the major arcana that stayed with playing cards is the joker or the fool. Mm. Huh. Um, so you have suites of cards so I, I guess like a regular playing card deck is like 52 cards a tarot deck is usually like 72 um yeah and then there's different ways that you can do spreads one of my favorites for pulling is like a past present future so it's just a three card spread that's like where were you where are you where are you going oh, you know okay um and i think that that's kind of that's an easy one it's, to remember yeah it's really approachable i like to do those ones i do, like to do a daily pull or nice and then i have a couple of different um this deck is the carnival of the end of the world but it's a it's a rider weight smith deck which huh. is kind of like a british that's what like most people think of when they think of the tarot. There's like French decks and Italian decks, um, but most people are thinking of a Rider Waite Smith. I used to always get so confused by them because I'm like, it's overwhelming. There's such and static. Then a lot of people have like made new ones and stuff too. Oh, but... and they're, they're like, it's such a static card. 
and I'm like, how can this be so predictive if I'm just picking a static illustration? But I guess are they just all archetypes that like everybody mm -hmm. lives through at some point? So it's like there aren't that many archetypes. So Mm -hmm. I guess they are that common or something. I don't know. Yeah, definitely the major arcana, lots of archetypes. And then the um, minor arcana are more like the suits of cards. So you've got like ace to ace to king. Um, These usually have a page, though, too. So um, anyway. I've shuffled them. Okay. Alex, do you want to start? Do you want to you sure. cut the deck? Yeah, so how do I... Um... So just cut it, and well, as you're doing that, just what I like to do is just think about mm-hmm. who's asking, which is you. Oh. So you're like, just think about, like, it's me, it's Alex, it's me. I'm asking. Okay, okay. Like, I'm asking the deck? Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you like, have a question you want to ask, you can. Like I a magic know. eight ball? Yeah, kind of. Kind of? Mm-hmm. Am I going to do the past, present, future thing? Or just do... Okay. Let's just do that. Now, what do you mean cut the deck? Just, like, split it in half. Oh, okay. Wherever you feel like... Okay. Okay. And then put the part that was on the bottom on the top. I forget which one was which. Nope, that's right. Okay. You got it. And then that's it? And then hand it back to me. Oh, okay. Okay. And then we're going to do a poll for you. Okay. Okay. And so now I'm looking at you. Okay. And I'm thinking about you. Kind of like how a remote viewer has a target. Ooh. Really? Interesting. Oh my okay. god. So all of yours are right side up, so no reversals. Oh. Um, so a lot of people also think like a reversal means just an opposite, and that's not necessarily true. It can have just different meanings but so for your past Mm -hmm. we got the hermit um Hmm. which is a card of solitude um but also a card of like studying and learning um and kind of like yeah someone who would like sequester themselves on purpose to study and learn Hmm. which might be you getting your i just finished my mba (laughs) i was just thinking that um i didn't learn that much (laughs) This one is the Six of Pentacles upright. So these, like, in this deck, they're like little loaves of bread, but usually mm-hmm. they're coins. Um, and I'm pretty sure this is a card of, like, generosity, essentially. Like, oh. I think in, like, the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, it's, like, a person who has a bunch of coins, like, giving coins to another person. Hmm. So you have you've got enough you know you've got enough that you're you feeling like sharing hmm. um could be you and your uh fruit roll-ups yeah i did hard I was... to say could be other things <laughs> <laughs> i did get us the pizza for yes roll-ups. you did get pizza for us you're feeling you're feeling very generous, generous right now and then um he is graduating tomorrow so that is very apt well, timing yeah and then your future card is knight of cups um oh. which is a pretty nice one to see. Cups are usually mean? related to like love or emotional fulfillment or um, kind of creativity as well. Ooh. But um, yeah, they can be romantic. They don't have to be romantic. And then knights are often kind of like rushing into stuff. So if you saw honestly kind of a knight of anything other than cups you'd be like watch out because you're gonna rush into something that you're not supposed to be rushing into 
but I would say this is a this is positive. So nights can also be oh like it's you know something is going to happen quickly. Wow. Um, mm. But that's Thank a pretty you so much. that's yeah that's a nice <laughs> that's a nice spread. We'll note that down. Uh, oh my god, that was so here. nice. I wasn't scary at all. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know there's some people that I read for sometimes and I'm like. Oh no! <laughs> like, um, this could mean a lot of different things, I've, but this is this is a pretty straightforward and I think a pretty nice reading. I've never been to a psychic before. Well, I'm not. <laughs> and that's the other thing too, right? Is that like again, like all archetypes, these are just different mirrors to see ourselves with. So you can be like either this is reflective of who I am and you know I can find things that match up with what this is saying or you can be like no, I don't think that's really what's going on with me right now but it makes you think more about what is going on with you then yeah um, hmm, I get that yeah I don't know if you guys know um, that guy Alex Gray their, yeah. their thing is called Cosm Chapel of Sacred Mirrors so it's kind of like that idea like how a person another mm -hmm. person is like a mirror yeah. for yourself yeah, and we talk a lot about that too in like like museum education as well as like thinking about windows and mirrors for people. So where do people get to see a window into another culture that they're not a part of and where do they get to see themselves reflected? And who who's reflected the most? Um Jordan, would you like to cut Sure. The deck? So. Just cut it. Mhm. Mm these to the side i should really be playing with my tarot deck more yeah so so you pulled the ones that you pulled for me you just happened to already know what those were mm -hmm. but maybe my deck has a little like key or something maybe yeah it might have a key with it okay now i'm gonna focus mm -hmm. oh, sorry. Mm -hmm. horns guy okay interesting okay so jordan did get some reversals on this um let's see so your first one this is your past is a nine of pentacles so nines are getting really close to a 10 which is like a completion cycle so it's something like being like almost at the end of something Pentacles are also, because they're like related to coins, they're often associated with like money or career or something like that. Um, so in your past, you've been like really close to the completion of something or like getting close to your, the end of a journey of some, of some sort. Um, it can also be like, you've set a good foundation that you're like getting towards financial success or like something like that, like getting closer to a goal. Also, like just look at that little guy. Mm -hmm. That's I really <coughs> like the way that this card is done because it's got like a green man face, yeah. <laughs> like a big cabbage that's doing a little dance. <laughs> and you are very goal oriented. Yeah. <laughs> um, your present card is a reversal, <coughs> and it's the Empress reversed. Um, hmm. which in this case she's got kind of she's got like more of a horned god sort of situation going on and I think I got the empress recently hmm. but I think it was right side yeah and her like dress is all like stars so the empress is an authority figure a teacher 
um, a woman. It can be like feminine energies. Um, it can be about like a lot of people are like, oh, it's like fertility or like things growing or blooming and that kind of thing. So in this order, it doesn't necessarily mean like opposite of that, but potentially something going on with, um, yeah, I'm going to have to think about that a little bit. Um, maybe needing to reconnect with some of those feminine energies, maybe, um, there's like a block or maybe there's maybe there's something else going on that I, I'll look in that look into that again and then this you have the three of wands reversed um, and the three of wands usually and again in a different deck would look like a guy <coughs> looking out over a vast expanse with like holding on to one stick and there's two other sticks I'm pretty sure so it's usually about travel and like or making a big plan that is going to involve you going somewhere else so reversed maybe it's going to be like needing to focus a little bit more on like what's going on in a more domestic way like maybe not looking so far out for like what the next thing is like getting your own your house in order um and it, it could also be about like maybe plans going a little differently than the way you thought they were going to go but yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that makes sense to me. Okay, cool. Nice. That's resonating. I have been thinking about getting my house in order okay. more. Mm -hmm. Nice. Cool. I'm going to write these down in my notebook. Um. I feel like you're like a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um. Are you going to write mine down too? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to write Maybe them down. Maybe this is something down. we could make a part of our show yeah a segment yes. <laughs> like what's up with this week <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we can have you call in yeah <laughs> the doctor's on the line <laughs> uh yo oh tell me what's going on with you today like, <laughs> has anything been troubling you any questions that you have um yeah there's a yeah. funny scene in in that book that i was reading by mm -hmm. alex's former incarnation oh yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, rock yeah. came from and it was like the wife of the the chancellor who was like running america basically but it was the world government she was going to a psychic like she really ran ran things for her mm -hmm. husband kind of like reagan later right but it was like yeah. that but this was in the 60s mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she had a, a psychic just cast her chart and just like tell you what to do, yeah. which is what people were doing for a long time too. You'd have like an astrologer, yeah, who would like consult with the king, you know, and let you know like today's a great day to go to war or today's not a good day to go to right. war. Um, <clears throat> or like yeah, what days are good or bad to have big mm -hmm. life moments right, like exactly. a wedding or something yeah or... and then the aztecs were into that kind of stuff too where oh, really? it was like good to be born on certain days and bad to be born on other days oh no yeah i found my tarot deck yeah so you have a rider weight smith deck oh it is mm -hmm. so how come they all have different pictures on them are they are they essentially the same drawing but just like a different style yeah, so this is like, because this is a modified Rider Waite Smith deck, mm -hmm. you're gonna, for the most part, have all of the same, like, the two major arcanas that came up in this reading are the Hermit and the Empress. 
Wow. And so you'll definitely see those in that. And mm -hmm. it's all, it's kind of like, it's the same system, mm -hmm. but just different interpretations of what the art would look like. Oh. And so these are drawing on a bunch of other stuff too. Um, so what would you say is the big difference between different systems? Like how do they get different really different? Like you're saying like these are both the same kind of deck, but different yeah. stylizations of it. But yeah, I would say the main other types of decks that exist are like, there's the Terra Marseilles, which is like the French, French path of Terra. And it's pretty similar, but there's just like some slight variations on like, what the different figures look like they might not all have the like the high priestess the empress like all of those ones might get like switched the order is switched up sometimes and then also like not all the same characters are there and then there's other decks like the like oracle decks which also work on like they've just got a different system and you're supposed to use them differently and i'm not as familiar so mm -hmm. um different styles of laying out the cards for a reading yeah yeah so for like an oracle deck you might just like only pull one card but it's like as opposed to having you know 70 some cards you would only have like 20 and they're like they're just different i don't know <laughs> I, don't have any of this. Mm -hmm. I have an astrological tarot deck but oh um well great look at the card i just pulled it's what we were talking about earlier, Judgment Day. I know. So that's, <laughs> like, when they were creating these decks, I think, I'm pretty sure that, like, and they might have some of the lore in there, too. But basically, there were a couple of guys, and they might have been in, like, the OTO um, or some other, like, magic society where mm -hmm. you were also kind of pay-to-play and learning different secrets and stuff. Uh -huh. Um and they got together i think they might have had some kind of a session or something and they're like what are all the things that we need to know and then they described them all to this artist pamela coleman smith and then she created all of the artwork wow um for the decks and so she was pulling on a lot of different art history for that as well and different symbolism and so that's part of where people like see some of the symbolism coming from it's just like what is featured and what's included hmm. um yeah and so what happens if you're going through something if you're going through something are you like pulling the similar cards like every day for like weeks at a time has that ever happened to you before where you've seen patterns mm -hmm. in cards that you pull yeah i mean we've had a couple of things like um i've done i did a reading for my sister um and she was like i don't really <laughs> like that reading <laughs> um can you do it again and then we reshuffled the deck and like not all of them but some of the same cards came out and i was like okay these cards are for you this oh is like God. not something that you can really get away from and a lot of it was because she was going through um she was out of a job for quite a while so she had mm. some like different like money troubles building up mm. and that kind of thing and basically the cards were like that's going to be your big obstacle this year is dealing with money troubles hmm. but also things are going to start moving really quickly and so then within the month she had gotten the job um working with me at the museum oh so like it did work out but that's interesting do you think some of these archetypes like map on to the hero with a thousand faces yeah i mean the the tarot art history class that i took is like was basically saying like 
the major arcana is the hero's <coughs> journey. You start out as the fool who knows nothing. You meet these different <coughs> teachers. You're like building up to like all the people that you learn from. And then one of the cards is death, but the death is not the end of the cycle either. So you've got death and then after death comes um, like the sun, the moon, the star, which is a card of like rejuvenation. Um, and then you get into judgment and yeah, which is like all of the souls being called up on judgment day. Um, oh my God. Judgment, I think. I don't know if justice is later or if it's early. I think justice is earlier in the decision, in the the path. And then um, the final card is the world of just being like, that's the completion card of like recognizing everything that you've learned on your journey and being able to appreciate it fully. So yes, it does map onto the, (laughs) I think it does map onto the hero's journey. The last one is the world. Mm -hmm. Just like William Shatner, how he just saw the world from the sky and mm-hmm. he was like um, that's all I gotta know I saw everything I need to see <laughs> judgment day that is coming a lot sooner than we think so do you think <laughs> do you think uh, the that story the monomyth and mm-hmm. these kind of things does it give you a sense of free will or determinism um for me, more so, I think it gives me a sense of comfort, I would say, to know that, like, there is something eternal about, like, our struggle to find meaning in the world, um, and that so many different people and cultures and at different points in time, we've all been looking for a path that makes the difficulties and the suffering and the frustrations make sense. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of find it comforting too, because it's like, there's really only so many ways this is going to go. <laughs> like life. <Right>. It's like, <laughs> even though these are so predetermined, right. it's like, there's just really not that many ways it's going to go. There's yeah. a, it's like, <laughs> and it makes me feel like we're all not so different and we're mm-hmm. all, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I guess a lot of poetry and songs and stuff like that are just like painting a picture of a specific moment, like that's specific for you. But then just because there's so many people and we're living the same kind of stories, like people will connect with that. Yeah. Mm. Well, and I actually, I think there's something to it as well of being like, yeah, I don't know. It makes me think of like, um, in watching a lot of stand up, I feel like the people that actually get really personal and really specific about like some of the things that they're going through are more people that like people want to connect to and listen to and think at least for that's what I resonate with, but I think that's true of a lot of people of like wanting to see yourself in someone else. And I think if you actually go like super general and you're trying to play for the biggest audience and that kind of thing, a lot of people don't find that genuine mm-hmm. and it doesn't resonate with people. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, yeah. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like uh, specific stuff too, when yeah. something's so specific and just funny because of that, right. like you're mm-hmm. like, you're, no, somebody knows that you're sharing something that's true to you, and right because why would you make that? Yeah, because <laughs> like, it's too silly. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like we talked about this last time, maybe, of, like, I was like, maybe that's why reality TV is so successful, because, like, we just, something in, if you like reality TV, like, something inside of us is, like, enjoying watching people go through these, like, kind of mundane archetypes that, like, you can either relate to, or you know someone who's gone through that, but, like, at the end of the day, they are kind of just mundane, real-world experiences, you know? But I would push back on that a little bit, too, because I feel like, as you should be very aware, Mm -hmm. reality TV is very rarely what's really going on. There's a lot of work of scripting and staging things. Yeah. And it makes me always think about Spencer and Heidi. Yeah. Of being like, they were like, yeah, the show needed a villain. So we became the villain and then Mm -hmm. we got out of it and everyone thought that's who we were. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, they kind of, like, weren't able to be successful because no one wanted to work with them because they thought they were really, like, that conniving or whatever. And they're like, no, I yeah. he had worked as a producer on other shows before, and he was like, look, it's going to go better mm-hmm. if there's someone to root against. Yeah. But then that kind of, like, they manifested that into the reality as well, you know, yeah. of being like, then no one wanted to work with them. Yeah. Oh, wait, it's got to go out. Yeah. I was kind of thinking, like, for me, maybe, like, somebody on reality TV, they're still trying to act like it's real, so they're they're getting immersed in the character mm-hmm. of it. So that's kind of like you can maybe take that in your daily life, that you are playing a character of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, you either want to be true to that, true to yourself or realize that you're, like, playing a certain character. And, and the then, choices like... you're making feel false. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like... I keep seeing that phrase too online in like the new agey world of like life is a stage life is a stage and like I do feel like when I have to give a presentation at work Mm -hmm. like I'm playing a different person or like when I'm doing something else I'm playing a different version of myself and like yeah it is just kind of a choice of free will of like okay wait who do I need to be right Right. in this moment for this audience or whatever like when I was getting ready to work at William Sonoma that's what I would do was like (laughs) I was like what if I was the kind of person who loved selling pans and kitchen accessories and then I was like and try to be that person try to be that person that I would start being like mm-hmm, yeah I love working here I'm so excited <laughs> to sell people things um yeah <gasps> have Which, you heard of yeah well I wasn't very successful I wouldn't say that that's like I unlocked a key to being really good <laughs> yeah at selling things that didn't happen but it made it more bearable sometimes because it really psyched me out it's like that trick that they tell people to do who either have like anxiety or even like at work if i'm like really nervous to give a presentation they tell you to try to trick yourself and say i'm so excited i'm so excited even though it's really nervousness but it's like a similar feeling so you can like trick your body into being like no no i'm just excited right and I, I, I've tried to do that before, but, like, it doesn't always work. Right. Because <laughs> I'm well, like, it's like no, you're it's trying really to trick good. yourself, and you know what the trick is. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm, I'm chilling. Thank you. Yeah, I guess that's kind of like the affirmation thing. It's like, yeah. I would prefer if it's something that maybe you look at it less like you're trying to force yourself and right. trick yourself, but maybe it's like you want to actually believe it. Yeah. But maybe just going through the motions can maybe make it true. I've heard of that, like faking it till you make it. Right. Right. But sometimes that can work. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes it doesn't. Right. Yeah. 
Did we have any other topics that we wanted? I feel like this has to just be like a part one podcast okay. with you. We have so <laughs> much more like, stuff. I feel like I talked a long time too. No, we have so much. I feel like there's so much more to cover. But that was such a good introduction to you in this <laughs> un- grok universe. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Do you have anything else that you brought or any other topics or anything? No, again, like I was saying, I did try to edit down a lot. Um, one book that I bought that I haven't opened yet is... Um, I got it on Kickstarter, but it's a reprint of a historical, like, magic book from the, like, Renaissance era. <laughs> Ooh. So we could check that out sometime. I don't know. <laughs> we should totally go to the, um, Renaissance fair together. Yeah, there you go. Oh, and then the other thing, too, that I was thinking about was, because I know you all have been talking a bunch about, um, different movies. Yeah. That you're gonna watch. <sighs> yeah. There are different, like, alchemical-themed movies. We did try to watch The Holy Mountain. Mm-hmm. Ooh which we didn't get super far in it. I've never seen it. It's it's like an alchemical film, and it's oh. like all about different stuff. I had a little bit of trouble with it, getting like getting really hooked into it. The beginning is really cool looking, but mm-hmm. then there's a guy, and he's just screaming for kind of the first 15 minutes of the movie, and I was <laughs> like, that's about enough. I don't know that I can watch the rest of this. But it is a really... I want to eventually watch the rest of it, and I will, but... Wait, what's it called? The Holy Mountain. Did we have that on our list yet? Mm, no, I don't think so. I'm going to put it in. Yeah. Yeah, that's Hodorsky. Yeah. Chodorsky. Yeah. Like, I know um, uh, Mobius and him, I guess, were both, like, in, into very alchemical stuff. Yeah, it's hmm. definitely, like, a thing where you're like, oh, yeah, this guy is deep into it and is going through like yeah it's a lot going on it's a lot of reenacting the passion of christ and uh doing a bunch of other stuff but then being like i don't know and then he's just screaming he's screaming a bunch um so that's as far as we've gotten i don't really know what happens after that but it's supposed to be really cool and the other like images i've seen from it look really cool yeah it's like really decorated with big colors and stuff yeah. like like a guy the with a really set design and the costume design are like yeah really intense yeah 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 hmm. mm-hmm. awesome yeah good stuff yeah thank you for having me on yeah, yeah. thanks for coming on and our yeah. being our first guest <laughs> oh yeah we'll have to figure so out excited. more <laughs> topics for next time yeah and maybe we can come to the museum mm-hmm. you could come to the museum sometime that'd be great yeah. yeah if you have like recommendations for places we could go around baltimore like to oh, visit yeah i can think of i'll think of some energy centers or um, vortexes <laughs> <laughs> i haven't found those yet but i'll let you know if i do we can um, set up enough mirrors to create a portal probably yeah <laughs> Probably. I mean, I know you guys are talking a lot about the AVAM too. Oh yeah. 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 We got the cosmic egg that's covered in mirrors and. Oh. You know. oh there's mirrors around it or what? Oh yeah, it's like it's mosaiced with like oh. chunks of mirrors. Oh, oh like I a didn't big know that. Cosmic egg sculpture that's oh, out cool. front. Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe. I just they knew probably have the... more cosmic eggs in there. <laughs> yeah, because there's a painting. One. Yeah. By that uh, Ingo Swan, mm-hmm. apparently a painting of a cosmic egg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Do you have anything that you want to plug? Any like upcoming comedy shows or anything else? In, anything on Instagram, social media? Well, you are performing a lot, right? I, I'm performing a medium amount. I'm performing yeah. a little bit. Um, you know what? 
because I don't know what schedule you all are on for like when you drop the podcasts Mm -hmm. but one thing that I'm going to be doing in June I think it's June 17th Mm. Mike Quinlan is running a comedy festival at Old Line Whiskey Hmm. in Baltimore Cool. So I will be hosting a children's comedy show in Aww. the morning, and then I'll be on an adult comedy show at night. That's hilarious. Um, yeah. They're yeah. not back to back. They're like no. spread out. No, they're like middle of the day and okay, then like good. six o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That one's at Little Market Cafe, right? The... So this time we're doing it at Old Line Whiskey. They children's though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's hilarious. I don't know. That's you know, fine. Mike sure sets it up. <laughs> <laughs> I just show up. Um, and yeah, I, I host the comedy for the kids. I think I'm co-hosting it this year with Aaron Patrick. Um, and he does a lot of dad jokes. So I think I'm planning on he's going to do the dad jokes. And I'm going to be like, okay, kids, this is how comedy works. <laughs> like, here are the rules. And then I just, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you better clean up your act. We've I know you it. normally We've have a very a filthy. Times. Yeah, no, I know. Um <laughs> We've yeah. done it a couple of times in Ellicott City for mm-hmm. the Ellicott Silly Comedy Festival. With so. kids before, yeah, too? With kids. I think I remember yeah. you doing that at least once before. Yeah, yeah. I've done it, I want to say, like, three times. We did it in, like, a mall one time. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So are the kids going to perform? Or yeah, you, so it's, most, it's, like, basically, like, hosting an open mic for children. Oh, so my God, that's funny. You just, like, introduce them, and then they tell usually two jokes, and then they're like, that's all my brain can hold, and they leave. Do huh. they, is it any written jokes or is it mostly it's almost entirely like knock knock or like you know jokes they got out of a joke book most of the time (laughs) i don't know that they really even understand what they're saying Um, but like but they all collectively understand that a joke is a question that has an answer (laughs) so they all laugh at each other's jokes and they don't laugh at my jokes at all they don't like them Um, so I'm glad that Aaron's going to be able to hopefully take some of the heat off me. Uh, he can tell some jokes. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that sounds fun, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I did the poster for, I think, the first one. Yeah. And I remember yeah, redoing yeah. it for another year that you did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. Seems fun. Yeah. That was really fun. Was fun. Um, but you're, what are you on social media? Um, Elizabeth Danger Norman on Instagram. And that's kind of the only one i really use anymore <laughs> yeah hey maybe you can start doing readings on for people mm-hmm. <laughs> get your cash app venmo <laughs> yeah there you go that's my next hustle <laughs> doing the readings yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's awesome. been fun. well thank you guys this is fun yeah. yeah thanks for having me over yeah we usually say grok out at the end yeah <laughs> we gotta remind people to uh to keep grokking and roll <laughs> Yeah, to keep rocking and rolling. Yeah. Hey, like, I listen to the podcast. So I know. Yeah, uh-huh. we still haven't gotten in touch with Dave Grohl, but right. we're working but on one it. Day. Yeah, <laughs> we're just putting it out there mentally. Yeah. And we want people to like and subscribe and mm-hmm. give us a five star rating. Yeah, yep. follow on Instagram <laughs> at Grok This Pod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Elizabeth. <laughs> You're welcome. Exactly. We're on YouTube, Grok This Pod. Oh my God, we have a YouTube. Yep, just putting the episodes on there because I know some people might find podcasts on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Cool. We'll have video eventually. It might just be like a Patreon feature, mm-hmm. but we will get some video out there so you can see our faces. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got a Gmail too. Yeah, yeah. I've heard about the Gmail. I know that was big. <laughs> Alex is like, 
We've got a Gmail? <laughs> oh my god. You can message us on Gchat. Yeah. Is that still a thing? Probably. <laughs> if you got the Gmail, yeah. Yeah. You can call us via Google. Google call. Voice? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, grok out, guys. Yeah. If you want to join us in grokking, telling them to grok out. Yeah. Or just saying grok out. Have a grok day. <laughs> Grok morning and grok night. <laughs> grok morning, grok noon, and grok night. Grok night, baby. <laughs>